I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey fam, welcome to Hey Fam. My name is Levins. My name is 80s. Oh, somebody just saw a, a, an exclusive early screening of Ready Player Run. Yeah, I got a case of the nostalgias and I, I couldn't be happier about it. Um, I, it was really nice uh, jumping into the cinema seat next to you. Yeah. Van Halen's jump, that is. Buckling up and saying, take me away, Van, the man. <laughs> we just saw Ready Player One. Um, and just not, then, literally. And we're going to spoil it for you right now. Yeah. Um, Hook is in it. It's a big. It's Dusty Hoffman. Hook's back, back everyone. <laughs> Hook's back, baby. Dusty Hoffman's dusted off the ma- the hook uh, that he's up up on the mantelpiece, and he's back doing what he does best, being a big old pirate. And it's so good. <laughs> they got brought back Bob uh, Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. Mario. He's there. He's dead, but he's there. Yeah, yeah he's back. He's there. We're, we're all back. It's the eighties, and we're all having the best time. <laughs> Um, we'll, I guess in a future episode when more of, you no, know, in the 80s, I don't want to go to the future. <laughs> oh yeah. We'll go back to the, back to the future. <laughs> we'll go back to that. That's future a Ready to Player the 80s. One reference. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, just quickly, Angus, your thoughts overall. Um, are we going to speak more about it on this? Do you want to do it this episode? Yeah. Yeah. It? We'll do a spoiler free. Spoiler free. Later. later. Okay. Not now. We're going to, well, let's, well, let's yeah. not even say. We've got things going I actually to... care about to talk yeah. about first. But also we'll let. Uh, we don't want to lose listeners who are downloading this just to hear our Ready Player One thoughts. Who who would you reckon? What do you reckon their names are? Percival, Jeff, Jeff, um, Artie, all the kids from the movie Ready Player One, the High Five team. As we found out, they were called right. What are they called the High Five? Team? Uh, yeah, he's just like so. My team and I, the High Five. I was like, <laughs> did we miss the scene where they named them that? Because I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that later in the episode, but before we do that, we're going to have to uh, catch up on the last two weeks because I've been in New Zealand. Yeah, look, we dropped an episode. Um, that's podcast magic, though. We weren't actually recording it that week. We put that one in the can. No, no, we, we, we put a bonus episode. That's what I mean. We put a, a Patreon bonus. bonus episode. Sorry, I'm assuming everyone that listens to this contributes to the Patreon. If not, what the hell are you doing? Um, so He's got you... kids. I'm, I could have, I forgot, I'm thinking about the 80s all the time. <laughs> 
Um, so we did a um, a Patreon an episode of our radio show Hey FM. Mm. Um, it was all about our favorite video game music of from 20, the eighties. Yeah, from so the Atari's. <laughs> Um, Jump by Van Halen Jump by Van Halen The Atari startup sound <laughs> The the sound of blowing in a um, NES cartridge no, To ba- the tune of um, Battletoads Battletoads um, But yeah, the, uh, the episode yeah, is My other favourite track was you telling everyone that Battletoads was actually one of Rare's first games It's one of my favourite songs Is that one of yours? That's what, exactly what I was going to say just now Yeah the um, person that actually says that, that's almost akin to the person who always points out that um, Frankenstein's the name of the Doctor. It's and, like pointing and, out that Battletoads is a rare game. And, is, and that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Yeah, it's that person. <laughs> and they love bacon. And they have all of the Funko Pops for Ready Player One. Um, so we yeah, we did a uh, episode of Hey FM um, about our favorite video game music of 2017. If yeah. you want to hear us talk about our favorite songs from Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey. Uh, Adventure. Adventure, the Atari game, of course. Oh. Made a big comeback last year. Jump! It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love the 80s. Uh, I wish I was there. Go listen, Go to patreon.com slash heyfam and you can uh, support the show and also get access to a bunch of uh, exclusive cool episodes and radio shows that we've recorded just for Patreon supporters. Speaking of the 80s. <laughs> yeah, please continue. Um, I was reading the other day that... You know how people don't really know what to call us about you know, there's millennials mm. and there's Generation Z, do they generation call us? Next. Next? With the Pepsi generation. It's an X-Men comic series, right? That was like the, the Spice Girls did like Pepsi ad oh, yeah, for Generation right. Next. Do you know there's a new one that they've figured out is like early 80s to mid 80s kids that were born? Right. And it's they're the called... No, no, one. this isn't a joke oh. either. This is like a thing I was reading. And they're called Xennials. It's with an X. And the whole reason why these people are different to millennials or Generation X or whatever that comes before is because we remember a predominantly, and I'm putting you and I here because we're like the same age, we had an analog upbringing. We're 85 babies. We were 85 babies. And we, we can remember an analog upbringing, like with a lot of like puzzles and shit and like UHF TVs and non, yeah. you know, phone, like mobile phones and cordless phones. Like I didn't see those cells hitting like double digits. You know what I mean? Like for the first ten years of my life, like we weren't. There was no cloud. That's that's a defining. That's a defining thing that there was like a, a analog childhood, to a degree. Like action figures using them as toys more so, and right. Just I'm not sure if that's some like grass is greener type of situation, because I'm well, pretty sure your kids play with toys and aren't like and iPads and don't have oh toys yeah 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 you know what I mean. But I don't know. I just thought that's cool to talk about right now. Is that that's a, the episode? This episode is going to be half us just taking that in, talking about analog, processing that our, our analog upbringings, and then the other half is just going to be how good was the eighties? How good was how good it was, was the eighties, man? Van Halen's jump. videos aged, and they were like the vinyl of film. <laughs> it was like you were in the in the editing suite with the director watching the video with them, except they cut off the sides. <laughs> it was in mono. And the colors were extremely faded. And it was just like you were there in the, watching the movie come to life. I guess I want to talk about my favorite 80s movie, uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. The Nintendo Direct. <laughs> it just came out on, on, uh, on VHS last no, week. It only came out um, digitally. It's not even out yet. It's hard not, copy. It's not even out on VHS? No, not yet. Um, so I want to talk about, you've, you've got the, uh, the digital copy. That's right. Pre-ordered, um, paid for, delivered while I was asleep. I love it like that. And, uh, it was a real Christmas situation. There's a, 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 a special 
um, that, that comes attached to the movie. A documentary. The doco. Yeah. Special uh, makes special it sound like it's like, hey, hey, um, like on a, <laughs> yeah, like the New Year's, hey, it's hey. Like, it's hosted by one of the Dados. One of the Dados is here. The um, best commercial. Remember those shows? The Dados used to host the yeah, best commercials. Yeah, Australia's greatest, world's funniest yeah. commercials or some shit. And they're always like the best ones were about condoms. Yeah. They're like, here's one from Germany, which will make sure you rubber up next time. And it was like a condom brushing its teeth. And there was like always adults only specials yeah. of like the most of the raunchiest ads. And they weren't raunchy at all. Well, no, heaps of the ads had like titties in them. You're right, actually. Commercial TV used to be a lot more flagrant with their big old like toddy <laughs> shots. You know what I mean? But And then one of them had like a dong in it as well. Oh, that's right. They're always German. It was, um, we, we did it like a, a year, I was in year six and we all went to Canberra. In the 80s. Which is the capital, uh, this is actually 1995. It was so in the yeah, 80s. It was the capital of It was 1995. And um, uh, we were in, Can- in Australia's capital, Canberra, um, for some weird excursion that an entire year went on. You always go around then, don't you? And you look at like Parliament House and shit. Yeah, yeah, and we were staying Tulsa at, Tower. at Questacon and Questacon. The, the War Memorial, maybe. Yes, um, and uh, we were all staying in like this, like you know, motel kind of accommodation. There was like six of us to a room, and what should be on television that night? Big old that everyone German had, had cock it, yeah, commercial show. Every single kid in my school. Who knew the Dados were such fans of advertising? Were watching adults only, Australia's funniest commercial. I love it. Special, and there was. There was titties. I bet you also... And there was a dong. I bet you was followed by a full frontal app or yeah. possibly preceded. Possibly. Television. Um, if you were not in the 80s, you can stop listening right now because we're just... It's all TV throwbacks. Yeah, 80s kids... People who, kids who weren't born in the 80s don't know what funny commercials I've are I've actually like. hidden three Easter eggs in this episode <laughs> about the 1980s. And if you get them right, uh, I'm the wizard. <laughs> you kind of look like that guy. The old guy. We just see you got the similar hair. It's true. Yeah. And I love the 80s. <laughs> I've never kissed a girl. And The Shining is my favorite uh, Stanley Kubrick film. There you go. So that, that's, that's, that's one. Um, so many Easter eggs. Star Wars. Video on demand. Uh, yeah. A digital copy. So yeah, you got, you got The Last Jedi. I did. And before I watched the film, I watched the supplementary materials. Because I saw the film three times already, which... Uh, Still wasn't enough, but the window now between like a movie ending its tenure at uh, cinema and being released is so ridiculously small now, and to it's the point international where, to the point where like I will be like, oh, what the fuck? Why isn't Coco out on on you know yeah, on Blu-ray yet two days after you see it? And, yeah, and, it's and like, you're like, this is an it's, outrage, it's, and it's out in like one week from now. I'm like, oh, come on, what's the deal? It's insane. Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it's it's full of amazing. There's 20-something deleted scenes, each with commentary from Ryan Johnson. There's a couple of, like, shorter documentaries, but they're all from... Apparently, there was, like, I think 18,000 hours of footage shot behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. which uh, a lot of it's been put into close to, like, a two-hour documentary called The Jedi and the, The Director and the Jedi. And it is very... If you're a fan of the... I still think these were the best examples of DVDs. The Star Wars prequel DVDs were loaded with like extremely... Especially The Phantom Menace has an amazing documentary called The Beginning. Extremely fly on the wall to the point where like it shows bad things to a la the famous George Lucas. I may have gone too far in a few places as they're watching it for the first time with Lucasfilm inside a private screening and just people kind of looking slightly horrified (laughs) and overwhelmed. But then, you know... 2018 comes along and it's fine if it's Black Panther. (laughs) 
It's okay. Audiences are ready now for like that type of ending. But back then it was, it wasn't the eighties. I tell you what, people still think about that uh, teddy bears and um, uh, Endor and shit. They weren't ready for this. So they were very uh, firmly planted in the eighties, but it's very warts and all documentaries, like no narration, just shot really beautifully. What's it, do we say what the documentary is called? Yeah. The director and the Jedi. Jedi that's right. And a lot, I guess a major reason why it's called that is because there's quite a lot of Mark Hamill being like, I don't agree with this Luke and this isn't the Luke I got. And you, I kind of watch and I know he said that a lot and he's obviously come out now and even says, has, like, has to repeatedly say, and unfortunately I think he regrets saying this so publicly before because yeah. a lot of YouTube edits exist where they cut out his, but Ryan was yeah, right. Yeah, totally. And there's a lot of Luke, but I, I was watching it and I'm like, I know, I know with like the Hey Fam community and like you and I and like Batman fans, like we think Mark Hamill is like such a cool big guy, but He's basically only got Luke Skywalker as an actor, like as a live action actor. Mm. That's it. Like that's him. And for him to have his big, big return where we saw Han basically being the best Han ever and then getting to, you know, be the Han we all kind of knew. He wasn't like the opposite of Han. You know, when we saw Harrison Ford's Han in The Force Awakens, it was very much Han Solo. Yeah, absolutely. Slightly wizened, slightly grizzled, but... At the core, it was Han Solo. Yeah, totally. And the Luke we got was 180 from that. It was drastically different. different. And he's seen some shit. He'd seen some shit, yeah. And it just kind of goes into a lot of like Mark being. And I, he kind of, to me, just it, it made me like feel a bit of pity for him because I think he was probably thinking like, oh, this is it. I get to have my turn now and be like how Harrison was and have his movie. But it's like, I think it like, it, it asked a lot from him. And a lot of faith, and it's it's really cool to see that play out, and him kind of being fundamentally disagreeing with this, and him eventually acquiescing and being like, "No, Ryan's going to tell a very interesting story." And well, and his performance as the Luke best. is, is, is it's the is first time phenomenal. he's been like a good yeah. actor in a Star Wars Definitely, movie. Yeah. Like in the first three, he's pretty much like he's in Return of the Jedi and Empire. We see some better moments, but he's pretty much the wood, like the 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 anchor which we experience the movies from. But him in The Last Jedi is like, finally, oh, shit, like acting chops. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's, man, so much, all the Porgs are puppets. Like there's people behind them in green suits, like full zoot suits type, not zoot suits. You know, I'm, <laughs> sorry, I was thinking about uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Uh, in like full, you know, those suits that like cover your face and shit. Um, yeah. They've um, got a Z in the title anyway. You know what I mean? They're like yeah, a... What the fuck are they called? Those suits. You know, those, well... People are like that. I thought the Porgs were like CG and shit or like remote control, but they're all puppeted. And like on the Falcon, you're seeing like, you know, the ones tearing out bits of the chair and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. people standing there and all green pulling that like while Chewie's acting and stuff. That's awesome. Just so much of it's practical, like the big sea cows. That this is actually helps. killing me what the fuck those suits are called. Yeah, same. You're... Z- 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 There's two titles for them, I think. Because uh, I remember they were like very big at Triple J for a little bit because... Before I started, I remember Tom seeing a lot Tom of Tom and Alex used yeah. to always wear them. Yeah, those suits, whatever they're called, oh, full body suits. Yeah, I'll look up full body suits. Yeah, we'll do a great hey fan where we don't talk for a minute while one of us Google's something. No, keep talking. It's only no. Like... I want your attention. <laughs> I'm not going to talk. Full body suits. Uh, it's just taking it. Your internet's real slow. It's not. Uh, it's fine over here for me. Oh, here we go. It's called. A full body spandex suit. <laughs> no. Sucked in. Zentai suit? Zentai suit. I got it. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I guess I knew it as something else though. I'll never know. 
No, it's fine. Morph, we can look, morph, morph suit. suit. That's Zentai suit's better. Sounds like hentai. <laughs> well, thank you for going on that journey with us, everybody. Yeah, um, thanks. I hope it was good for you too. How were the deleted scenes on the package? Look, I always think deleted scenes are deleted for a reason. I did see one of them, which was like an extended uh, scene of uh, of Luke fucking with um, with Ray. Um, oh, the third lesson. And well, like she, she like busts in. It was the third lesson in the, in the movie? He says, I, "I'll training starts tomorrow. I'll teach you three lessons." Right. We never see the third lesson oh, in the film. Oh, right. So I don't know if this deleted scene is canon, or if we now take Luke's final act as the third lesson. Right. Sure. Or something that comes in the future as a third lesson. Hmm. So maybe it was shaved for time, but maybe it was also leaving the third lesson up to JJ or making the final thing that Luke does the third lesson. So I kind of like the fact that, that we didn't get three lessons because it does leave it open for interpretation Is it for another filmmaker to come in and complete yeah. that. Um, but they're deleted for a reason. There's a different opening. Like it didn't always start the way it did. Um, it actually panned down to like Finn in the bay and you thought it was the start of a spaceship and then you saw him like go up and hit his head. But that was just like, it was a bit slow. He kind of walked around. It was like a slower starting yep. film. You could see why, but uh, yeah, the doco is just amazing. Just seeing how much of it's handmade, seeing the way they shot the force connection scenes is phenomenal. Like they were actually, even on Kylo's quarters, Yeah, like Ray was there in full costume, like looking at each other. So they had like real performances. That's awesome. And the most amazing thing. So you, I don't know if, uh, remember, you know, when Luke's coming towards Ray and I think he's about to say, I'll, ta- I'll teach you or something like that. And he... Um, opens up the cabin door and they're both touching hands, Kylo and Ray, and they look at him. Yeah. And it kind of zooms back to Luke. All the bricks fly out and then it comes back and it's just Ray sitting there like Kylo's disappeared. So they did that all in one shot. The bricks were all real. They all flew back oh, on cool. strings. Mark flew back and then like Adam Driver ran behind the camera. And they, just, awesome. they did so much in-camera stuff. Like Snow- Snoke's throne room looks exactly the same. All the red, everything's there. It's all curtains. Like phenomenal, the level of... Uh, like practical effects yeah. to the point where like the crew were getting annoyed. They were like, it's going to be so much cheaper to do CG <laughs> in parts. And it was, that was so adamant. Um, beautiful scenes of like Frank Oz rehearsing with Mark and Mark, like breaking down and crying. He breaks down and cries like once or twice in this, like just oh. from emo- sheer emotion shot of him, like touching R2, watching the temple burning. Like he is, yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's like very, the, the the doco that came with The Force Awakens was not like this. It was quite glossy and it was quite like, we're making a Star Wars movie and very happy and jolly and did show some cool behind the scenes stuff. But this is like straight up, very zero narration, just fly on the wall stuff. Like that's awesome. A, that's awesome. Yeah, cool. And apparently there's so much footage shot that um, it's been... South by Southwest, they, they, they premiered this film. They like showed it as a film with Ryan Johnson and... Um, Mark Hamill in attendance. Yep. And they admitted that there is so much footage left over. Ron Bergman, who is the producer of The Last Jedi, has produced all of Ryan Johnson's films. That, that's what else is called. I didn't really realize. Um, the producer and cinematographer have basically worked on every movie with Ryan Johnson. So they came with him. They weren't like... Right. They were selected by him, as, as a director usually does. Like they mm. will choose a producer and choose... Or the producer will choose a director. But yeah, they're the same people from like Brick and stuff, which is awesome. Then Ron Bergman confirmed that there's so much footage that um, apparently 
they'll do it. There's a series of the documentaries of Last Jedi. It's probably going to come to the Disney streaming service, like oh, an right. actual series, because they have so much left over and edited and sitting waiting to go. How much do you reckon you could watch? Like if it was an awesome six-part series, like hour-long episodes, it would be phenomenal. Sick. Focusing on like pre-production to, you know, release or something. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, but awesome. It's so worth picking up. I mean, obviously I'm going to love it because it's like Star Wars and I'm, it's, it's, it's the gospel for me, but so cool to see that. Like, it's, it's very rare you get a good documentary about a film now on a DVD or a Blu-ray or a um, digital thing that isn't like a EPK, basically. You know oh, what I mean? The fact that you got something beyond like a blooper reel yeah. is on, as a bonus yeah. feature and I, is, is Ryan crazy. Johnson's notorious for great commentaries as well, so I'm actually jacked to watch this with commentary. Have you watched the movie on its own yet? I've watched it twice on its own. Wow, sick. Um, yeah. I, the, the night I got it, uh, Chloe and I went to watch it, and it was like nine, eight or something when we started the doco. Finished around 10. And then we checked out like deleted scenes. It was like 10.30, almost 11. And the, mo- the documentaries made me so excited for the movie because I just saw some new, new ideas and the love and care that went into things, which I knew was there, but when you see it, it's so different. And then I was like, fuck it, I'm going to watch it. And it was like up till two almost because the movie is like the longest Star Wars <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah, totally. And I'm just like, I was so awake. I was just like, fuck, it's so good. And I'm starting to now know the movie. Yeah, it sounds sure. so stupid, but I know like, you know, the original trilogy and the prequels, especially I know scene for scene, like as soon as the scene starts, I know like the next nine scenes afterwards and the dialogue and that's not a cool thing. I, it is the 80s. It and is because I, I, I know you and I know how, how important that is. Yeah. To you. And now this movie's starting to be like that. I'm like, now I know how the movie goes. I think like I'm not surprised by what the next scene is, which is such a weird descriptor. But yeah, it's uh, it's so good. It's it's such a good film. I'm still baffled by so much of the feedback, but I'm also not. Yeah, it's fucking weird, isn't it? Like, I, I, what I like is that there doesn't seem to be any like studio, like taking steps back away from. Fuck no, they're giving him a trilogy. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> it's like here, have a trilogy. Um, but Based Angus, before the feedback too, he's not the only one being given Star Wars properties to yeah. make, is he? Johnny Favreau, uh, best known as Happy Hogan, <laughs> who <laughs> he's just the actor Happy Hogan. He's the actor Happy Hogan. Yeah. Uh, did some magnificent footwork on uh, the MCU films Iron Man one to three and Spider Man Homecoming. Johnny Favreau's been is he given, in three? I think he's in three. Yeah, he's in the opening scene. All oh, right, in the in the eighties. Oh, no, in the nineties. Yeah. No wonder you. Were, oh, it's right. Yeah, but when, <laughs> when he's uh, got like long hair and the what, what, it's like, I'm blue, but yeah. I'm blue. It's um, jump. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Tony Stark's going. It's ninety ninety nine, but thanks for coming to my eighties party. Yeah. I hid some Easter eggs in here, and anyone that finds it takes over Stark Industries. <laughs> jump. <laughs> it's good. It's really good. But um, yeah, Johnny Favreau. Um, is now serving as executive producer and writer of Star Wars as, as like the often long rumored, like probably rumored longer than the sequel trilogy, almost um, TV series live action. Yeah, writer and producer, which means we don't know the array of directors or individual episode writers or anything coming. Or when this is going to be set. Well, don't know anything. However, there was a Star Wars series... Um, apparently 50 plus scripts were completed for a series which has now gone on to be known as Star Wars Underworld by George Lucas. Uh, his prequel producer, Rick McCallum, was the producer. Uh, each episode was like almost like over a million dollars, apparently. Oh, wow. And John Williams had a score for each episode. Fuck. And it was apparently when... Well, not apparently. It was set during three and four. 
and dealt with like a it was more of an adult darker take on Star Wars set kind of about it's called Star Wars Underworlds so was more like the crime and the lower levels of Coruscant apparently crime families certain stories like that but when Lucasfilm was bought by Disney they have possession of all those scripts now one of the scripts or maybe three of the scripts have apparently served as the solo movie right to a degree Ooh, interesting there would have been an arc in the series about how Han got the Falcon there was also an arc apparently an episode which someone has leaked or I've seen a video or there was an interview of Rick McCown one was about like a love of Palpatine's like this woman that broke his heart like a young Palpatine story like it was all that's about a, yeah that's a, that's a cool story to tell yeah and so I'm not sure how much of this stuff because Lucasfilm never throw out anything as we saw like designs from Ralph McQuarrie shit in the 70s and the 80s my favorite era has um wound up in the Force Awakens Rogue One stuff They're like hoarders. that they hoarders I mean don't you don't shred candy wrappers receipts save them all baby old newspapers old Pile 80s uh, Van Halen soundtracks Seven track um, Seven tracks Atari cartridges In case anyone is like What the fuck are they talking about The opening song of Ready Player One Is uh, is Van Halen's Jump Jump dun, 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 uh, dun, dun, Yeah dun. so I don't know How much of that will be coming over Or if it's a clean start I have a feeling it'll be a clean start Or feel, I don't know It'll be interesting who knows what'll be? I mean, will it be an anthology series like and you know Black Mirror and all that stuff so popular? Will it is be? This, is this going to be the main thing leading their streaming charge when Disney? Oh, absolutely! You know, thing. it'll be the it'll be ready. Player one. Dun 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 dun. Jump. It'll be the the day that's available. They'll be like, and it's the only way to watch the Star Wars series. That it'll be a reality. Yeah. Well, I mean. Talk about a way Fa- to get Fa- everybody. Like, to do you sp- think Favreau is is a good pick as like a you know he started? A, I think a, so. I absolutely he, think he is. He, he laid the groundwork for what I mean, became he, the most successful film franchise in the world. Yeah, and as you and I said recently, in a several years over, over the span of Hey Fam, Iron Man One still stands as like one of the better top tier, like top three MCU films, probably. Yeah, and probably the best superhero origin movie ever. Yeah. Batman Begins also, I think, for me. No, it's so much better than Batman Begins. No way. Yes way. No way. Batman Begins kind of sucks. As if it sucks. No way. It's fucking godly. <laughs> Batman Begins is brilliant. Uh, Iron Man is also brilliant. But Batman Begins is like when men cry. Iron Man is when boys cry. I just, yeah. I mean, Batman Begins takes itself so fucking seriously. I think that's fine. Yeah, I think right. it's fine too. It's so fine to do that. I, I, I will rewatch it. Last time I watched it, was that was when I got really drunk with you when we watched all three? Yeah, you know, one day that was a good day. That was a great day. Yeah, it was a really good day. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think Johnny Favreau is great for the part. He's also in the Clone Wars. He is the voice actor for the Mandalorian leader, uh, like Rebels, it's the uh, Death Watch leader, uh, Pre Vizsla, right? Who has a very interesting plot. Is like a, becomes an enemy of Darth Maul, and Darth Maul like hates him when he Darth Maul's return. It's awesome. He's like quite a significant character in the Clone Wars. Do we know that is Rebels continuing? As far as we know, or is no, it's done. It's done. It's over yeah, now. Yeah, and the right. last scene is uh, set. Like I won't say what happens in it, but it's set after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um. I wonder what they're gonna do in terms of animated series too. So. Dave Filoni, who was in charge of the Clone Wars, in charge of Rebels, and was kind of like George's first uh, like understudy almost because he picked him to do the Clone Wars and stuff while the the Disney purchase wasn't even a twinkle in his eye, uh-huh. has said that, it, like, has basically said as Rebels wrapped up, oh, the team and I are 
getting ready to start work again. So this, so I, I honestly think uh, it'll be set post Return of the Jedi, pre The Force Awakens. Yeah, I think it's a good period to do because as someone that you know, reads what? I think Mark comics... Hamill's pretty available to do voice acting as well. Oh, true, as somebody who is you're not saying, a kid, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Put the Joker in the new Star Wars. <laughs> I'm series. saying it's the '80s. We're in the Oasis. I'm wearing my headset. I want to see the Joker beat up Luke Skywalker. Boom, jump. Dun, dun. I think I think we're going to be getting a post Return of the Jedi series. Yeah, that's cool. That, I think that, that I, as someone that's read so many comics recently that are set, you know, either mm. b- around episode three and four. Or Do you know like why I think episode... we're going to get it? Because episode nine will be done and that era will finally be able to be touched. Yeah, totally. And I think we're going to see Snoke. I think we're going to see Luke. I think we're going to see a lot of stuff. We're going to see Snoke. We're going to see the Joker. We're going to see Battletoad. We're going to see Harley Quinn. We're, we're going to see... see... All the characters from Overwatch. All of the Overwatch the kids. The Iron Giants you there. you got Player Unknown Battlegrounds characters. Are they in there, really? No, no. I don't know what they look like. I think they look like... It probably looks like the Oasis characters. I think yeah. you design them. You've got, you got Fortnite. O- Oasis You've got Drake playing there. Fortnite. Drake playing Fortnite. In, in. He was my favorite scene in Ready Player One. That was actually revealed to be viral marketing. It's a real-time scene of Drake twitching and playing um, Ready Player One. Um, hey, uh, did you watch the Drake... Uh, streaming Fortnite video. Yeah, I was at work when it happened. Ninja. I was like, I need to watch this. It's and it's not just him who was like Travis, Travis Scott, Scott and then a bunch of sports stars. It was just incredible. I was like, they all need to like, this was a, it was a big moment. I don't know what kind of game Fortnite is. I know that they kind of took the Battle Royale concept. It's a third person shooter and yeah, it's a Battle Royale. You're playing clans, like four, te- four people per team. But another thing, it's kind of like not the, not to the degree of um, Ready what, Player One. Not to the degree of no. Dun, 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 dun. I love the '80s, man. You're gonna do sidetrack. I'm gonna talk about how much I love the '80s again. Uh, it's not the finiteness of, but there are building things. There's like a building side of it, like oh, like Minecraft, Minecraft world. So you will be Ready building like walls to defend you as you're shooting people, and then they can knock them down. So you're con- yeah. It's I, I was I only learned this by watching the Twitch. Uh, stream, but it's free. It's on PlayStation for free. That's so wild. It's on phones, like yeah, in the yeah, states so, yeah, right now, totally. and apparently it runs even better. Like, and you can um, they've added a feature where they know people are going to play with the sound off, and there's like visual indicators of when you're getting shot at and stuff, so you don't need sound. Like, apparently they've done a super bang up job with the port, which is just insane. And everyone's like, you all you play the same game. Like, it's like yeah, the phone and the console. No, I don't think so. Players, you know, they're, they're, oh, they're, it is. Yeah, it is. Fuck, that's wild. It's so crazy. Jump. This is how the Oasis started. I think right. This is. <laughs> Yeah, the Oasis started when um, when Drake live streamed on Twitch him playing against Ninja in Ready Player One in the eighties. Do you mean Ninja from Chappie? <laughs> um, I, I, did you did I, did I send you that or did you, were you just, did you just find it funny? Someone put it in the no, you, in, you told me in the Planet it. Broadcasting group of like their friend was like when we see Ready Player One, Ready Player One we should like. Yell out, yell out, yell out, or whenever you see like someone you recognize from pop culture on the screen, tell a girl, yell out like, "Oh my god, it's," and then say the wrong thing. It's chappy. So yeah, they said whenever you see the Iron Giant, like it's chappy. It's so funny, and we started doing such that. a fucking funny reference. Yeah, so as soon as like the Amblin logo came on and you see ET being cycled, yeah. I was like, "Oh, it's chappy," and you chappy. lost it straight away. Um, but then you actually start doing that while you watch it. I was like, "Oh, there's Goro." 
There's a battle tone. Yeah, that part was that, that shit was fun. Yeah, it was. I great. thought all the pop culture stuff was really really fun. So Angus, for the rest of this episode, we can either talk about first. We can, next thing we do, we can either talk about Ready Player One. Oh, wait, or, I want to ask you: what, Are you going to get the Last Jedi? And do you think John Favreau will do a good Star Wars series? Uh, yeah, and yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> do you have the last? I'll, I'll get Last Jedi when I feel like watching it. Not, yeah, not just because I've. Because you, I'm trying to be less impulsive in my purchasing. We 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 all know about the sum sum era. Yeah, that, that era needs to die. So <laughs> it's uh, dead. Yeah, it, 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 but as in like you know, I'll, I'll buy games just because I want them, not yeah. because I have time to play them. I've gotten like really good at not buying stuff. Yeah, it's good. I've, it's, I've it's reached it. like a monk like state of. Well, I guess this is growing up. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. Jump. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Worst thing about Blink One Eight Two. They weren't around the 80s. No. I can't put them in my favorite 80s songs. Um, Iron Giant wasn't around the 80s either. Yet he, there he was, Galavant. Vin Diesel was though. So That's I true. can. Do you reckon they brought? Did, I don't. I don't check the credits. I don't know if they brought Vin Diesel back to voice. They definitely the Iron used Giant. A, some uh, ADR. Yeah. They had lying around. Um, so do you want to talk about Ready Player One next, or do you want to talk about the Nintendo? Let's about Ready Player One. It's a nice seg from from, Get when, this. We, from when we were just from, talking about the 80s. From pure film, Star Wars. To a film about video games, to video games, it's I just it. as as a narrative. So, dear listeners, we're going to end this episode with a little a little report on what we've been playing lately. And one um, is, are we going to kick off that segment where you talk about indie games? That three of them. Yeah, we could do that for yeah, sure. I think I've uh, got a cool segment idea. So, uh, and, and I just we'll, ruined we'll, it. We'll go through our Nintendo the Nintendo Direct that came out a while ago. We'll, we'll tell you whether it was a Nintendo or a Nintendo don't. Sega does what Nintendo don't. Remember that? Yeah, like not have hardware. <laughs> um, so have, have a disrespected mascot. Yeah, well, Sonic is the main character in Steven Spielberg's most recent movie, Ready Player One. Yeah, no, not the most recent movie, The Post. The Post. Uh, he plays al- alongside. He's Meryl a whistleblower Street. in, in uh, yeah. the, at the um, <laughs> at the Washington Post too. Yeah, wants to talk about. How bad things at the Pentagon Papers. And no matter what his boss, Shadow the Hedgehog, has to yeah. say, he's just going to try he's and like, get the, Doc- get the, help the real He's like, I don't trust that Dr. Eggman in the Pentagon. It's just... <laughs> Where are the animals going in Washington? So Where... let's, let's do a spoiler-free review of uh, Ready Player we'll One. We'll do it. We won't review it with our brains. It doesn't come We're going to review it with our feelings, which oh, okay. means it's spoiler-free. Okay, great. Which I'm pretty sure is a message probably maybe in the movie. It sounds definitely, like something. But definitely. Definitely. Um, so the movie doesn't come out for like a few weeks, I think. Nine days. I got it wrong. Okay, right. At the time though. That's a, that's a few weeks in some, like a species. The 80s year. is like a few weeks back if you really think about it. So Ready Player One is about a weird old guy who... Well, it's an adaptation, first of all, of a book. What the fuck? Called Ready Player Two. They're making books into movies now? It's based off a book called... It's based off a song by um, Van Halen called Daniel Jump. Steele's The, the Orchids. <laughs> yeah, it's based, based off Cloud Street by Tim Winton. <laughs> Based off You Butte Juicy Fruit by uh, your school library. <laughs> no, it's by a guy called Ernest Klein, who I, I don't think he was like a novelist or anything. Is he? Oh, he was just a fucking gamer, bro, like you and me. It was a straight up Twitch loving, monster energy 80s chugging, 80s baby. Just a big old 80s baby. No, it was a 2011 science fiction novel, debut authored by Ernest Klein. And the whole story is about. It celebrates pop culture and nerd culture and dystopian future where um, everybody's jacked in <laughs> to a to a uh, like a Facebook on steroids or a Habbo Hotel, if you will, on um, ice. 
called the Oasis where it's it's real life, real jobs are in there, real everything's in there and you walk around as an avatar. But the creator was a whimsical 80s loving podcast host. <laughs> no, he's, he was like Steve Jobs, they tried to tell you. So um, in so many ways, i.e. a newspaper article was shown on the screen saying, is he the new Jobs or something like that? Yeah, like, straight up at one point said that. Yeah, um, and he's hidden three Easter eggs. Inside the Oasis, um, after dying, he's, he's no yeah. longer with us. This doddering old weirdo. And the world has, is like a bad place. It's not healthy. Because what, what do they blame it on? Like the corn corn syrup shortage. Yeah, and the and bandwidth, the bandwidth wars. wars. Did they actually say yeah, they, they had bandwidth it. wars? It's fucking ridiculous. You know what though? These are things that will happen probably. Yeah, totally. Like, I mean, Trump in the White House? <laughs> Come on, get out. I've heard yeah, of what, what year is this? I'm from the 80s. That guy's never getting in the White House. Um, so yeah, this old guy leaves a bunch of like clues and keys, uh, inside the Oasis that all the players have to try and find Mm. and whoever finds all three keys, uh, becomes the rightful owner of the Oasis and rich beyond belief. Uh, check out this. I just got a load of the guy's written another book called Armada. The story follows a teenager who plays an online video game about defending an alien invasion to find out it's a simulated prepare him. Against an actual alien invasion. Well, so this guy wrote Pixels as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like maybe right outside of your comfort zone. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> we get it. You love gaming. We get it. Like We love the 80s. But yeah, this guy is kind of notorious for... The book has its critics and its fans. And it's kind of the Funko Pop of novels it's become known as. It's like a lot of references. And it's free to reference anything too because it's not a film. And people don't... You know, you can reference Star Wars. You can reference whatever to your heart's content. And he kind of put himself in the book, I think. Right. The character's like a slight, like he's obese and not attractive. And so you're saying the gets writer the is obese. Yeah, no, he attractive. is. Like, that's not like you're liable. You're describing a photo of him. Yeah, no, I've just got this photo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah like that. He's Say no more. Yeah. Like, I'm not being mean. <laughs> I'm just stating a fact. Being obese isn't a mean thing. Like, that's just a way to describe somebody. Like, I'm not shaming him. It sounds like you are. I'm not shaming you at all. Like, be what you want to be. It's the 80s. <laughs> Actually, the 80s suck. They're on the exercise. You know, it's the anti thing. He's not even that. Uh, so, all the marketing for He has this. a DeLorean. He literally has a DeLorean. Yeah. Like... You can't, you can't own a DeLorean. There's an article on him called Ernest Klein is the Lucky... Oh, he's... Look, he's riding a DeLorean with George R.R. R. Martin. Holy fuck. Like, this actually looks like a scene from the movie. Someone whose username is Australia's premier comedian just liked your tweet. Oh, sick. Will Anderson's a listener. <laughs> <laughs> I was showing Levin's my phone then and it came up. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's just Rove. You also showed me your phone midway through Ready Player One. Oh, yeah, this One is great. Because Ryan Johnston liked a tweet from our... Um, Star Wars Broom account. Yeah. If you we started the night of The Last Jedi. That's right. In uh, Right here, right now. It was like 4 a.m. in the morning. So Ryan Johnston is, is aware of the uh, incredible Twitter account yeah. at Star Wars Broom. We'll delete the account now. No, it's served. No, I'm joking. It served its point. <laughs> I want to make a Ready Player Broom post. Po- po- um, the tweet in question was, "Where's my broom only dialogue free audio track?" At Ryan Johnson, you coward. Uh, because the digital edition comes with a John Williams only ah. track. Follow us, everybody. Star Wars broom. at Star Wars Broom. It's a genius account. It's literally just going to talk about how much Canto Bite was better in the eighties. <laughs> Um, so yeah, all the marketing for this uh, movie, Ready Player One, was extremely kind of uh, reliant on the pop culture references, and um, and there's no audience that hates that more 
than people who love pop culture, apparently. Yeah. Like, I watched this movie kind of going, I wish I didn't give a shit about... Like, I kind of... I, I'm, I'm not as... Uh, I'm not... My fingers aren't on as many pulses because as you get older, you have more responsibilities and you have to kind of go, that's a fandom I won't get into and that's fine. Yeah. Like, you have to just start shedding fandoms. Like you said with games a moment ago, like, you you have to start making more rational decisions and about, like... Yeah, maybe I, maybe I don't ever need to watch more than three Star Trek movies. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, maybe... Maybe I, I won't try Szechuan sauce. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's fine. And you... And I'm... So... There are people who aren't like that, though. Maybe people who are younger, who have less responsibilities, who will, now that there's so much popular culture and media readily available to them, will be, sorry, Ready Player One available to them, will have their fingers on a lot of pulses. And I find that audience would hate this movie more so because it'd be like, you're getting it wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally. Where I was, I was kind of happy to be like, oh yeah, I know that reference and that's fine. I was expecting the reference to be really crass. Like, um, uh, because it's about, but, what's but, an example of that? Like pixels or something. Yeah, or like, uh, you know, just like for it to be like, oh, my friend, like Batman, can you yeah. help us out here, Batman? Like a shit version of what the Lego movie did. Yeah, totally. Really like, well. Um, yeah. But in, it, I actually like, I, I really enjoyed all the pop culture references in this movie. A lot of them uh, were seldom in your face. Yeah, the, the, there's one, I think he's been teased in the trailer. Um, I didn't like Chucky being used. Sure. Chucky from Rugrats. Yeah. Chucky from Rugrats. Rugrats no, from Tugrats. Tugrats, yeah. Chucky from Tugrats. That's in the Blu-ray only edition. I thought that was like probably the only one that teetered on being a bit too kind of like, hey, this is a reference. Um, yeah. It was uh, a weird moment for a, a Spielberg reference, I thought. Because it, it leads to one of the, one of the uh, cast members dropping an F-bomb. Which is just unheard of in a Spoolie uh, family film. But the most, for the most part, I found the references fine. Like the character references, not the plot references, like the tasks and stuff. Oh yeah, totally. No, like I, I found I, the characters cool. Like this Goro from Mortal Kombat. I keep talking about Goro for some reason. It was fun to see like like battle, battle, battle toads and shit in the background because it, it never it never was like this is a battle toad. No, remember the battle toads? And they if you just, didn't it, know them, they just looked like fine. random it's, avatars. It's, it's like a big yeah. toad who likes battling. And it's like, I don't know. It was the fact they didn't have star Wars characters or the Marvel characters, but okay. And maybe it was, but even like the DC characters that you see in it, they're such fleeting moments. You see like, Batman's like outline climbing a mountain once. And you see Harley Quinn, like the fucking monster energy, like, uh, suicide Girl yeah, yeah. version in a nightclub. And there's a back on moment. There's, a, there's another very good bat reference within it that we shouldn't spoil quite early yeah. on that I really enjoyed. Um, um, I love the Akira reference straight up. It's like one of the opening scenes is they actually say it's Canada's bike from Akira. And, and there's I was an, like, oh. Yeah. And there's an extended sequence uh, to uh, a movie oh. that I wasn't expecting at all. Same. Um, and, and I thought that that was probably like one of, one of if not So the, look, I read most highlight. of the book years ago, like maybe 2013 or something. And the, it's quite different. Like none of the tasks are at all similar. I haven't really heard anyone speak positively about the book. So I guess I had pretty low expectations of the movie. Yeah. I also, the book only became spoken about, I think when Spielberg was announced that he was directing an adaptation, like the book existed for, you know, five years almost without Spielberg's interest. And so I think only then it became a, Ooh, this is a book that people, you know. Yeah. Have read. Yeah. Have heard about. Totally. Um, but where this f- movie fucking sucks 
Like it, it's it's the, the references that there's, there's there's a lot of fun going on. It's a pretty well directed movie. The pace is generally pretty good, I found. But all of the like so when whenever they're not in the oasis, we're in this like shitty, depressing, mm. uh, you know, not quite post apocalyptic future, uh, dystopian future. But, yeah, twenty forty five. But it's just so dull. The main character sucks. The The love interest bullshit is awful. Can I just say quickly, I've just read here in his wiki, it says Ernest Klein is an American novelist, slam poet, oh, and good. screenwriter. So Thank none of that's surprising, is it? Now, now that uh, long 10-minute beatboxing slam poetry between um, uh, Batman and the Iron Giant makes sense. Yeah. It's a good scene. It's uh, they 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 rhyme. They talk about the eighties, how they were so greaties. Uh, yeah. So the the, the while well, the pop culture stuff, like I, I went in thinking that was going to suck, but instead, everything else about the movie gave me the shits. And the pop culture stuff, I thought, was pretty fun. Yeah, it was very inoffensive. I could see uh, a lot of YouTube bros probably getting very upset or people. Complaining that you know why, why wasn't Spider Man in it, Sony? Like you know what I mean. But it was fine. Like it was cute, and I guess we're that age too. Like this isn't uh, you know it's all eighties references a lot for the most part. And so I'm like, a young kid's gonna like this. Like it's very much like you are gonna get the most enjoyment about this if you are super hyper aware of eighties shit or you were there. Yeah, there's a few. There's, there's a mad ball in it. I had that toy as a kid. That's yeah. why I was like, I haven't, I haven't thought about Mad. Oh, actually, part of Mood Season Two were looking like actually had a lot of Mad Ball stuff. They, they they released a comic, a Mad Balls comic. Wow. Last year, and I had to read it for serious issues. Yeah. It's the only reason I've thought of them too. Screaming Mimi. Um, but the Hornhead. There, there's some really really fun cameos that we mm-hmm. won't spoil. That just put a smile on my face because they're, they're treated pretty pretty well. I, I found myself really craving. Like Spielberg franchises showing up, like, same. And there was, I remember about a year ago he announced, or it was in an interview that yeah, he will not be treating his films as canon. And I think it was a personal choice. He's like, it was too weird for him, or maybe he felt it was a bit masturbatory. Even just fucking Jurassic Park, just well, in a way, there is a dinosaur, and I'm sure. kind of like, I took that as a reference. Okay, yeah, I was yeah. like, I take that. But a kid on a bike with a fucking alien would have been cool, you know? Yeah. Tom Hanks's character in the post <laughs> coming in with it, demanding some stuff would have been cool. I would have loved Eric Banner from the Munich. The shit from Armistad. Eric Banner from Munich. Oh, yep. Leo DiCaprio disguising as everyone and catch him if you can, which I guess if you look at it, it's kind of a very early version of Ready Player One. He had a different avatar. <laughs> it was ripping people off. I mean, and also I thought he was almost like the best part of it, but I found that Mendo, ben criminally underused. I loved his uh, his choice of accent and and slight lisp. Yeah, I mean he he can't help that slight lisp. That's just Mendo. It felt very different in this in this. Maybe it was the accent. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but I, uh, I really enjoyed his voice in this one. Yeah, I just thought he in terms like I, I'm still maybe maybe I took it for granted, but you know his last big blockbuster outing. Rogue One, like he's got a huge range in that movie in mm. terms of emotions from like mo- crazy calmness to like straight out spitting while screaming at people. Um, 
not that that's the acting is those two ranges. I mean, it basically is. But I was just he was kind of on autopilot a bit. I found. Well, I think the first, he's when you introduce this character, his character in this, he's quite fun. He's like they don't charming. Him, they don't give him much to do, and I think the entire plot and all the characters' motivations definitely falls apart towards the end. I could have spent. I groaned a lot. Another forty minutes having more of the Oasis expo- explored. Yeah, but or- it was a, the movie's fucking long. See, I didn't find it long. I found it too quick. No way. It's like over two hours. That was a long movie. I don't know if it was. How, how long is it? Should we Google something again in complete silence? No, we'll sing like Jump. The, like the listeners love to do. I love that we're both Googling this. But I forget why I forget what the movie's called. So It's called Jump. Jump by Van It's called Halo. the Transformers Car. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Toon movie. <laughs> People from the 80s love that. Um, more about this film. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if the release, the time is out. You know, Two how- hours, 20 minutes. See, I wanted... I, I, yeah, wow. It's a fucking long movie. No, it really felt really long. It really started to drag for me in that, that last uh, third. I just thought that like a lot of the real world stuff, why we should be caring about these oh, people. Sucked. Like, we could have spent a bit more time on that, maybe less other things, like less low stakes out real no, world. I, I didn't want any of that shit. I, I hated all the real world stakes. I would have just loved for them to just be this Oh, same. That's what I was saying. I wanted less in, like low stakes. Oh, right. Like to me... The low stakes was the real world action, like the shitty car chase with two cars bumping a van. Like, I didn't need that. I would have rather spent 10 minutes talking about something else in the Oasis. Like, I wanted more of that, more of, I don't know. I just found that it was, okay, this is what things are like and we use this and the movie started. Yeah, it, it, it starts out like this kind of like, almost like cross between Avatar and National Treasure. It starts off like, the opening FMV to a video game. Yeah, totally. But like, the, the, it's the, very much like first when when the when the quest is outlined and you've got to find these things within yeah. this world. That feels very also, this was inherited, out. I guess. Like, I kept thinking, like a lot of that simpleness is 
a so indicative of what a video game actually is. Yeah, like true. a lot of the time watching it, I was like, this is honestly like, like okay, get ready to hit the uh, no duh sound effect that we always play at yep. uh, Fire Off. Hovering over it. Hover over it now. I was like, this feels so much like a video game. No duh. Thank you. And then I was like, oh, of course, it's inherent. Like it, this is, it's a three act video game and it, that's inherited from the book. Like it is very video game in structure and I think that was so inescapable. I thought that the uh, opening kind of car chase brilliant. was excellent. That was, yeah. That was, that was that and the, um, the, the film reference. I'm starting to even think like, imagine if that was the opening scene before any of the other stuff was described. And then oh, it was I hated like, all the narration of him, anything like it's the year 2045. It's like, like, yeah. I know we said we're not going to spoils and this isn't a spoiler, but I would have loved if the car chase, which we've seen in the credit, sorry, the trailers, I would have loved if that was just the opening scene. Yeah, no, I totally agree. With zero explanation about what was going on. Imagine walking and being like, why the fuck is a T-Rex here? Why is an Akira bike here? Why is the DeLorean here? Having none of that explained. Yeah, yeah. And then pull back afterwards and he's like, oh, takes the thing off. And it's like, oh, that wasn't real. And then it's like, it's blah, blah, blah. And then he gives it the second try. Yeah, totally. That would have been such a cool, like a little tweak like that. I would have loved that. And But it really, and there are, there are moments where they, they pull off, that they trick one of the characters and uh, then it's fully explained exactly how they did it. But it's so obvious that they've tricked them and how they've done it, but that you get two minutes of exposition. And it, yeah. If this film really treats its audience pretty dumb. Yeah. I'm like, I kept thinking like, who is it for? Is it for nerds? I don't think it is. It's for people who have a vague idea of what a nerd might've been like in the eighties. Yeah. So it's like a little bit avatar. It's a little bit, uh, um, the one I said earlier, National Treasure. It's a little, towards the end, it's very Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, it's very like, you know, CG army, like Lord of the Rings. And I kept thinking like, the beautiful benefit of the doubt of this film is like things are allowed to look CG. Yes, definitely. And I kept going like, oh, that's so lucky. But like, I, I still think that the, the two main character designs are awful. Yeah, they looked like... Um, they looked like shitty generic video game characters. They looked like so... NPCs in um, Warcraft. Yes, definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, yeah. And the I, fact that it's like these are the ways that these two characters who are meant to like a lot, they, this, is, this is like the characters that they've chosen to represent themselves. Yeah, it's quite indicative. How do you respect someone like that? It was, yeah, it was interesting character designs. It was like, oh, okay. Um, I, I also found it was like uncharacteristically fun Spielberg, which I have uncharacteristically the last like decade of his career. Uh, yeah, like, it reminded me of. Not, I've, I haven't seen many of his movies in the last decade. It reminded honest. me of a younger director emulating what they thought of Spielberg in parts. Like I kept thinking, it reminds me of someone making like a tribute to Spielberg as opposed to Spielberg. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't feel very Spielbergy to me at all. Not at all. Which is really yeah. weird. Though parts of it reminded me of ET, kind of the like faceless men organization. Who is just the enemy And we just oh, assume yeah, That yeah, there's yeah. like People in like That dress a certain way You know what I mean Yeah Yeah But you know what Like we'll talk about it In spoilers Once it comes out If you but... want to I could just as easily Not talk about this movie again I still Yeah think You said You mentioned to, to Chloe When you came home That you'll, you'll take a, You'll go see it with her again But yeah. I don't think I could sit through this again Look I'll go see it again There you go That's a review Like I would see it again I wouldn't The I'm end trying to, trying to work out What the last movie of Uh uh, BFG I didn't see it Big fucking 80s Oh uh, Tintin did, did he direct Tintin? Yeah he did Yeah cool that's the last It was the last thing his. Yeah You know what? I would have loved bloody Tintin in this Yeah throw fucking Captain Haddock 
Let him save the day. God, Tintin and before that, um, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Man, where was Shia LaBeouf? (laughs) How could it be Mutt Mutt hanging out with the crew? Um, You know what movie I don't understand why people like is Minority Report. Oh, I love Minority Report. I kept thinking while I was watching this, I was like, besides Tintin, that must be like my last favorite modern Spielberg film. I love Minority Report. I didn't like it at all. When was the last time you saw it? Uh, When it came out. So... uh, I, could, I, I certainly wasn't drunk it was on 2002. natural wine, but uh, yeah, it was. Um, it's worth a revisit. I think it's one of Tom Cruise's best films and easily one of Spielberg's best films. Okay. Such an awesome, interesting depiction of the future to one that like you don't really see. It was sure. like, whereas Ready Player One was more cliche depiction of the future. Yeah, totally. It's yeah. such a cool, like it just looks like now. You know what Tom Cruise movie? I really, I, I always, I really wanted to see it when I was out at the pictures and I didn't, I didn't actually see it. And I've, is the one where it's like Groundhog Day, but it's an action movie. Oh yeah, um, it's, it's called the reason why I forgot the name because it has different names. It came out so the the original manga uh, was called All You Need Is Kill, which is an amazing yeah, title. Definitely. Why the fuck wouldn't you call a film that? It was given the title Edge of Tomorrow, which sounds like a subtitle. That's to what like, it was called in Australia. In America, it was called it was... that everywhere, and then they changed the title for Home Entertainment because no one saw it to like. To um, live, die, repeat. That's right. Yeah, which is uh, much which, better. Which was the tagline. Yeah, right. So they ended up. Edge co- of Tomorrow is the sh- most shitty generic. Edge of Tomorrow sounds name. like a fucking like subtitle to a sequel. To a MacGyver episode. Yeah, <laughs> or like MacGyver Two: Edge of Tomorrow. You know what I mean? Such a nothing name. Yeah. But how good is all you need is kill? That would be pretty funny if every MacGyver episode was named chronologically. I like, like that. Like MacGyver one hundred and sixty-three. Yeah. <laughs> now this is syndication, baby. <laughs> Uh, the why wouldn't you call it all you need is kill that's such a badass movie title yeah that's really good it actually sounds like like yeah so instead of seeing um, Ready Player One again I'm gonna see Edge of Tomorrow <laughs> again no I've never seen it oh you've never seen it no no did you see it yeah I saw it on a plane and it. I was like I'll watch this to fall asleep and I was like you idiot I love Tom Cruise and this movie is so good and I'm staying awake hang on uh, so yeah, that's uh, our incredible review of Ready Player One. And uh, if you would like us to talk in depth more about it in the future, maybe go into full spoilers. Let us know. Um, you can get in touch with the podcast at heyfanpodcast at gmail dot com or at facebook dot slash heyfanpodcast. Again, our Patreon is uh, patreon dot com slash heyfam. Uh, Angus has run off to the bathroom, so I'm just killing some time by letting you know our socials. Uh, if you want to get directly in touch with us. Uh, on Twitter, it's at Jimmy Changus. It's at Lev Dog. You're doing. Uh, You're back. We, we, we don't. We don't have to do it at the end now. That's so, so good. I don't have to do it at the end. I was like, I'll cut this bit out, but I kind of like the fact we don't. I was just checking to see if my cat wanted to come out. Oh, that's nice. I heard some banging. Um, Did she? Nah, it was the wind. <laughs> yeah, it's windy as fuck outside today. It's windy as heck. So that's. I wrapped it up. Awesome. So we can just don't, not go there again. Did you ever talk about the '80s again? We're not talking about the '80s again. No, the '80s are dead. Damn it. Dead. 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 And then I'm dead. We're talking about Nintendo um, and, uh, and video games. Oh, you know what? No, I do want to say one Fuck. thing about Ready about Player One. Okay, I'll allow it. So it got me thinking. Do you remember Steven Spielberg executively produced or designed a Wii game? 
Oh yeah, boom blocks. Boom blocks. I kept thinking like, that how good would it? So fucking. I know. Good. I kept thinking, how good would a boom blocks reference be? I was going to save it for this, and I forgot to say something. I was like, that'd be so awesome. I'd be like, that's a reference. Wait, that's how because I kept thinking like Steven Spielberg is interested in gaming. Like he said it several times. I think he was like a huge fan of Halo, which is obvious. Oh man, now you just got me thinking like because I was just thinking strictly like Steven Spielberg movies being referenced, but like he also like created the Animaniacs. Yeah, he did the Animaniacs and Tiny Toons, Tiny Toons. and like. Why weren't they in there? They're all they should, Warner yeah. Brothers. You see, like the, the Hello Kitty. Came yeah, so cute. Hello Kitty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Boomblocks, that was like such a big deal. It's, it's a good. really good game. Yeah, it was. Too. It was I, a great I game. Sold it. I don't know why. I wish I. But that would that would be a great one to bring over to the Switch. Yeah, just just made by Steven Spielberg and Mark Mothersbaugh did the score. Yeah, there was good music too. So good. I, I, I kept I thinking during the movie, I was about games. to tap you at one point and be like. Fuck yeah, Boomblocks. How good was Boomblocks, bro? <laughs> Why isn't the lead character a Boomblocks? <laughs> um, and then they made a sequel called Boomblocks Bash Party. Yeah, that's really good too. Yeah. I had both and I don't have either of them anymore. Fuck. Bring them back. Bring them back. Um, well, we've now successfully transitioned from film to film about video games to video... Now we will talk about video games. Fuck, we're the greatest podcasts on the, on, on, on the planet. If this was a decade and... This podcast was a decade, and I, the listener, was someone who loved the '80s. This podcast would be the '80s, definitely. You know what I mean? I have to agree with you, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. We should jump to celebrate. Da, jump. Da, 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 da. Um, so, Angus, what have you been playing lately? Um, I've been playing the uh, song "Jump" by <laughs> Van Halen on Nintendo Switch. The other one, that all the songs were the sound of the same, didn't they? Oh, that's yeah. Well, you didn't even get to talk about like. Beyond like the eighties pop and pop and because none of the pop culture references are eighties, but all the music is just generic. Like John it's Williams like name, is busy. name five eighties songs. Yeah, and it's like oh, okay, jump. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, the, the fucking what's the other one? It's one of the credits. New, New Order. Yeah. Uh, Blue Monday. Yeah, I don't know. There's a bunch of other shit. Just it? like jump, just jump, just jump every time. <laughs> um, what have I been playing? I've still been playing. Um, our oh, boy. boy, you you lamented at seven thirty this morning to me. Yeah, I got off and I was playing it this morning. I was stuck in a part. Um, I do find it sometimes, and this isn't a criticism. Like the level design is really tricky. Like, yeah, I'll it, find myself backtracking so much, and because of the floating mechanism, it's less platform. And I, this hit me today. The game reminds me of Zelda a lot, like a two D top down Zelda. Yeah, right. Like you'll finish a room and then sh- everything shifts and you go to the next one and you're flying around and because it's like not left to right, we've oh, slide sure. up, down. Yeah, yeah. You're moving in every direction and I was getting some real Zelda vibes. Yeah. It was I like Zelda except without, with like more of a thinner linear path. Getting lost in, in those levels is definitely an archetype of like the Metroidvania. Yeah. 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 Um, but there was a part where basically I'd created a hole but it didn't look like a hole to me. So I was like back and forth through the level so many times. And then I saw someone online be like, I don't know what to do here. And someone's like, oh, that thing, that drew- it's actually a hole. And they're like, it doesn't look like it. And they're like, yeah, I know. And it was like a group of people like me. And I was like, yes. Complaining about holes in video games. Well, just maybe have a black thing. Maybe have took a-, a screenshot of a good hole in a video game. This is what a hole in a video game should look like. Look, World 1-1 one, one Mario, story. you know, some <laughs> yeah. real good holes in that level. I know not to go down there because it's a hole. That's all I'm saying. Um, so, in the last week, I have been absolutely caning it on, on the Switch. 
took it away with me to New Zealand. I took a whole bunch of comics with the intention of catching up on comics. Did not read a single comic. Absolutely once I crossed, man. Once I crossed the, 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 the borderline. Is it true they say New Zealand is the 80s of countries? Just, yeah, absolutely. Just, just really fun. Um, just Van Halen jump pumping yeah. out in the streets. It's the national anthem. Prime Minister Peter Jackson will greet you playing Van Halen's jump. Yeah, totally. yeah. just telling, telling you about the best. Actually, this movie seemed a lot like a Peter Jackson movie. I keep thinking now. King Kong's in it. That's what I mean. I was getting some... Re- and it's like got the humor of an p- earlier Peter Jackson movie with like odes to other films. Um, so you mentioned earlier that I was going to start a new segment because yeah. I, I play a lot of indie games. Um, okay. I love the 80s. You love indie games. It's the thing. Yeah, well, I, I love, I love uh, the 70s. And as everyone knows, 70s is the indie decade. Yeah. It's it's not, it's not at all. 90s probably would be. No. Yeah. In the, like early noughties. Where like indie became a sound as opposed to your record contract when it wasn't like major bands was just called indie rock. And it's like, "Eh, you're not. I'm just trying to riff, all right? Hey, I'm just I'm just telling you the, the facts. Um, I'm like the main character in uh, in Ready Player One who just didn't love rules. <laughs> um, so I've been I, I want I wanted to start a thing where whenever I play all these indie games that you will either never play or never play. <laughs> um, uh, well, you get a bunch of them for free, and I don't. So maybe that you know, then I'm like, oh, I don't want to. If you well, get I used one to get them for good. you for free too, but then you used to stop playing. Them. No, I play them like a one game at a guy time. Yeah, they're like, I'm not going to play a game just to play it if it's shit. Oh, but if I got it I'm for not, free, I'm not playing shit games. No, no, no. But I mean, if you got a free one, and you're like, it's not that good, that's fine. Oh, of course. That's yeah, what yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Like, that's, there's a reason why I'm playing less, and it's because um, I'm not getting them for free. Well, I, I'll I'll tell you how the how the bread's baked. Yeah. I'll, do I'll, I want to know how the sausage is made? I'll I I, I look at pretty much every um, new trailer for new Switch games. Yeah, um, and like keep a keep a watchful eye out for what's coming up on the horizon. Yeah, and if it if it takes my fantasy, I look up that publisher info. Yeah, let them know about the podcast. Yeah, ask for a code or two. Yeah, and they I usually reckon, give you one. I reckon. Yeah, even if I ask for two, they yeah, like, they usually one, give you one. Up live with this well that's why i'm not playing them because um, i'm not doing that uh but um yeah i mean i i, I would say like for, maybe like four out of ten right back to me yeah um two out of five is an easy way of saying that or as i like to call it eight out of twenty <laughs> eight twenty it's better than four twenty um but yeah so I, I wanted to do a thing where i i pitch to you these um, the indie games that i've been playing and you've got to pick a, a, a game yeah that out of the play. future um, yeah. and, and that would be that would be. I've got three games for you this week. Um, I can't wait to hear them. And uh, not that all indie games. See, I've got they, a watch list as well on all of these consoles. And so when I finish a game, I will buy the next one because it's a di- usually a digital game, and I know they're not going anywhere. But I, if it's a price drop, then I'll jump in and get it. You know. So I'll start with a game that you and probably everyone listening has definitely heard of. Brought more than likely Adventure to. on Atari. That's right. <laughs> the, the, the secret in there. Yeah. Um, so uh, Shovel Knight. Yeah, uh, it's a game that I bought upon release when it came out um, Wii? on Wii U. Wii U um, in twenty fourteen, I think it was nineteen eighty five. That's right. Nineteen eighty five was a good reference. Um, have you ever played Shovel Knight? Uh, no, and it's in the day the the Switch came out. That collection has been in my watch list. Yeah, so um, it, it's it's an indie game made by Yacht Club Games. It's like I think it's like the only game that they've made, um, but they keep adding to it. Didn't. Also, Shovel Knight appear in ukulele. Yeah, he's like well, I think you know. Like as once a, you have an, an established indie character, other they, indie they guys are like, hey, around. can you use it? Can we? Can he show up in our game? Sounds like a little movie I saw tonight. 
Armistad. Ready, play, ready post. post one. <laughs> um, so Shovel Knight, um, I bought it on Wii U and I played maybe like the first four or five levels and I, I stopped playing it and then kind of when, when I got the Switch and I saw that the, the full collection of all the Shovel Knight mm. and DLC was on there, I was like, oh yeah, I got that, but I didn't like it. Wow, you didn't like it. Well, that's what I thought. But turns out I just didn't like playing the Wii U. Yeah. Because it was a, a bad system. And I like I recently have been going back and like thinking of the games. And I don't think I, I reckon I've I, I take pride in finishing games that yeah. I start. Me even too. though I start way too many. I'm a big that's that's one of the main reasons why I'm like uh you know, we'll finish a game to then, then pick up the next yeah. one play. Because um, I've got backlog Like I've still got Persona 5 I've got such a list of games yeah. Where I'm like Fuck I need to well, finish I've bought this. that But I haven't started it yet So I don't feel guilty about mm. uh, Playing Not playing We're finding Persona out this year yet. You and I That there's a difference Between buying games And playing games That's right It's yeah. a big lesson And I'm learning about And you know what It used to be more of a You have to buy a game Because everything was Physical And they don't Keep printing them You know Usually yeah, exactly. they release no, again yeah. and, and especially, if, especially if they are Out at like a reduced price You're totally. like If I don't get it now It's gone It's gonna be Whereas now yeah. Like I you know Pretty much will buy a game f- Digitally yeah. Unless I'm Certain I um, Unless it's Like a lot of money And I'm not sure If I'll like it or not If not case I'll sell on You know what I mean Yeah totally the, the did having, you have that Kirby? Is good. So, yeah, that, that's one of the three. Even though yeah. it's not any game, we'll get to that soon. But Shovel Knight is uh, like a platformer, um, and one of the many games oh, I started like on Wii U. Up there with Meat Boy, almost isn't in terms of like known famous indie games. indie games. Yeah, it's like so. that Braid and uh, yeah, and uh, seriously, yeah. Um, but of of like all those indie games, this is by far the most fun. Mm. It definitely references like you know the platformers of of the NES and SNES era, Ghouls and Ghosts, but then goes beyond and and, and really. Delivers something that you wouldn't be able to deliver back then. No. Um, the kind of like Celeste, the like we spoke about, looks yeah, like a 100%. game from a certain era, but uses techniques, music, other things that yeah. just wouldn't exist then. And um, so the first, like you're basically you're 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 a knight, mm. um, fighting your way through different castles, and heaps of boss battles. You have your your weapon is a shovel, and you use it to bounce on people's heads. And I love Scrooge McDuck and Ducktales. Exactly. With yeah. His, yeah. With his is it pogo stick or is uh, it a, it's his walking his stick. walking cane? Yeah. yeah right. Um, and Commander Keen too. Yeah. Um, Sega. Not Commander Keen. DuckTales. Commander no, Keen would have been... Capcom. Was it Capcom? Would, yeah, that's right. Capcom. Would have loved to have seen Commander Keen in Ready Player One. Well, maybe it was and we just weren't looking hard that's enough. That's true. I was just too busy staring at Battletoads. Yeah. And and the uh, the Michael Bay version of the of the Ninja Turtles. Oh, is that what it was? Did you see them in there? Yeah, no, I was too. trying yeah. not to see it. <laughs> um, so I've... No I'm, one in their right mind would pick those. You, that's when you know Hollywood's uh, interfering yeah. with who can use which characters. So I've been hearing so many. Like I, I, I knew that Shovel Knight is just this game that I, you know, as a as a massive fan of indie indie games, I know it's one of the most beloved of them. I always wanted to go back. Yeah, to Yeah, same here. It's it's just known to be like the the one. So they released the Shovel Knight Treasure Trove, um, which is a collection of the original game plus all the DLC, which includes um, spin-off uh, games featuring several of the knights that you fight in Shovel Knight. Yeah. So there's like Spectre of Torment, um, which is the Spectre Knight. And then there's uh, Plague of Shadows featuring Plague Knight and then uh, coming up very, very soon. In fact, we might hear about it by, before this episode goes up because there's a... Uh, Nintendo, oh. Nintendo indie, Nindy Showcase going up at 3am tonight. It wouldn't be a Hey Fan podcast if shit we said was immediately proven to be wrong as soon as we stopped recording. Yeah. Um, and I, so I finished Shovel Knight, the, the main game, this morning. Um, uh, it took me about like a week to I guess, get through of playing you know a, a level or two a day. Yeah. Um, and then uh, yeah, it, the 
the final boss fights are pretty challenging. Like the before you make your way to like the the final boss, you have to fight in quick succession all the other bosses you fought yeah, up right. until that point. A which classic is like video eight. game trope. From yeah, uh, but it's it's, it's actually really it's it's challenging, but it's not irritating. It's yeah. good. it's a it's a fun challenge, and they all it's really really well designed. The the action in the game is is just fun to do, mm. um, and so I went straight from that into. Um, uh, Kirby? No, uh, this, the the Spectre. Kirby, um, your enthusiasm. That's right. That's went, good, isn't it? Spectre of Torment DLC, where you play as Spectre Knight, who has a completely different move set to Shovel Knight. And even though you're making your way through the same levels, they've been remixed to cater to the new skills that you have as this character. And then there's also, it's like a prequel to the Shovel Knight game. For a game, like if you've seen screenshots, it's a pretty simple looking game. Mm. There's a lot of depth to the story yeah. and a lot of heart to the characters. Yeah. Um, I just think it's an absolute must play for for video game fans, especially fans of retro games like like we are, like an eighties game, like yeah, it's right, like, like, like a game from the eighties, yeah, yeah, sick. Maybe in, you should have said that. Just that's all you should have said, and I'll play it. Yeah, and this, that's it. That's the, all you should have said. The music's great. It, it gives you, it really entices you to to collect everything. And um, have you ever heard an eight bit version of Jump by Van Halen? I'm sure it exists. It's it's great stuff. Yeah, it's um, good stuff. It's my favorite video game music from 2017. Oh, without a doubt, eight bit versions, chip tune, chip tune, um, just chip tunes in general, but also 80s versions of Van Halen songs. So I'm hoping that we get more details on the final Shovel Knight DLC tonight, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll hopefully by the time we record again, I'll have played everything that, you, that Shovel Knight could possibly throw at me. Great. Um, I've also been um, playing another game that I bought on a different console that wasn't a Switch that's just come Ooh. out on a Switch. It's called Flinthook. Oh, yes. Um, and I bought this for PS4 and uh, you play this like weird uh, like ghost kid mm. uh, who has like a hook shot and that's your main way of getting around these uh, procedurally generated ships. Master you... Blaster used to have the same thing. Seriously, that was the mechanic in Master Blaster. Really? Yeah. And Bio Commander as well. Bio Commander, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, anyway, you... you, you it's like a roguelike kind of game. Where... Was it Bionic Commando? Bionic Commando, yeah. Um, That's what we're both thinking of. Yeah. yeah. We got there. We got there. Commander Keen, Ready Player One, Van Scrooge Halen McDuck, Jump. Van Halen Jump. Uh, <laughs> but so Flinthook was this game with like um, uh, controls that were like pretty tough to master and I just didn't have... I just hated playing it on PS4 so I only put yeah. it in an hour and I was like, this game's too hard for me. And then when I saw it came out on Switch, I was like, fuck, I really want to give that another go. Yeah, I haven't got been it. on my bullshit for a while. I got, I got it. I picked <laughs> it up. The controls are so perfectly matched yeah, to wow. uh, the handheld um, mode right. of Switch, which is my preferred way to play. Um, and uh, I ended up flying through levels that I died yeah. countless, countless times. Uh, basically, like you are... You're essentially like a, a pirate mm. um, and you've got to plunder your way through various ships in order to find these gems that allow you to get the location of other pirates that have bounties out against them and then you collect their bounty. Every You die heaps and every time you die, all the riches and rooms you've visited and enemies you've killed add up to your XP and you level up and then you have access to buy things in the black market that um, allow future runs to... Um, to be easier because you're leveling you know up your health and your weapons. One of those great games, which seems to be a bit of a trend in the last like five, eight years or so, where it encourages like dying. And yes, appear. totally. Um, so is it all randomly generated the levels? Um, yeah, but not in a way that it feels like. Like you never like you never feel like you know. As long as you play a randomly generated game, it really it just shit. feels like it was throwing shit everywhere. Yeah, there's a game I played on Switch like that, like a top-down shooter, and it's like all the things are generated and. It's kind of like, yeah, I know. What game was that? 
like I forget the name. Goner or something. Neon or... something. Right. Neon Chrome. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, didn't, I didn't get into that either. Yeah. And it's kind of like, yeah, I can tell. I got you that code. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but it's kind of like, uh, you can tell it's randomly generated. Yeah. Whereas this, it's like you get variations on a theme within the ships that you visit. Sure. And so it feels like it's still been handmade, but they just change it up. So heaps. does that mean your experience would be different to mine? Yes, 100%. Interesting. I, I, it's interesting. I wonder like, it's like a very new thing, I guess, for games. Well, not a new thing, but it, it has existed since games have been around. But it's such a, um, I guess it's not the norm. And it's interesting to be like, what's, is it like, good to play like a shared collective thing where we're both like fuck that room blah blah on something or a game that's different for each of us like well, i'm very curious to well, yeah, figure out i think what's uh, some parts are better of one and some parts are better of the other i think the my favorite gaming experience ever was not just playing breath of the wild but talking about it with other people playing it yeah at the time and everyone just having a completely different experience and while this is obviously a i think that's a unique game, case though because it's like the world was the same the map was the same but how we did things within the world, the physics was so good in Breath of the Wild that you could like manipulate everything around you. Look, man, there's, there's more in common between Flint wow. and and Breath of the Wild than you would give yeah, credit wow. for. Um, it looks very different. It's, it's gorgeous pixel art. It's, yeah, it looks it's simple, but but um, the way I'm pitching this is uh, Celeste was the indie game for Switch on Jan- in January. Yeah, um, and Owlboy was the indie game in February. I reckon Flint Hook is the oh. uh, indie game for March. Ooh. Which takes us to... Um, and the final one is a, is a not indie game. It's, uh, it's the latest Kirby, um, the, the, the latest AAA. It's uh, I guess it's close star to AAA's. Allies. Uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, Kirby Star Allies. Um, and uh, it is a, uh, a four-player, up to four-player Kirby game, uh, which allows you yeah. to, like, instead of just sucking up and stealing your enemy's powers, you can befriend your enemies and have them fight alongside you. Um, it looks gorgeous, but... It's slower than most Kirby games. Um, I am not really pitching that you buy this. I don't think mm. that... I mean, I played the demo. I definitely think you would find a lot to love about it. But, you know, if you've got other things to play, play them instead. What I am pitching to you with this, though, is um, this is finally a game that I can play with Archie mm. where he actually has a remote in his hand and he mm. is playing alongside and me. And has he done that? Uh, we did it. We did it for about an hour today. Amazing. Um, he fucking loves the game so much because it's That's so, so colourful and silly. It looks and beautiful. Like, he, but like you know, uh, teaching someone to use it's different to when we were kids because you had the D pad. Yeah, I think that's so much simpler to get your head around Up, than, down, a, left, than right. a little 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 joystick. Yeah. Um, so I was teaching him how to use that, and he and he, he knows you know because it's all color coded. You have this big P two above your head at all mm. times. He knows which character is his, um, and best of all, because I'm Kirby, I'm leading wherever I go. If I walk ahead of the screen and he's too slow or he's forgotten yeah. you know how to walk, he'll just automatically teleport to where I am sure. seamlessly. It is actually perfect if you For are a kid. if you're a dad or you're someone that that you know wants to introduce a well, you like playing games not, with people whose skills are not as good as yours but like you know like extremely beginner sure um this, this is, is this is a game with that 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 a kid can play and not be frustrated yeah, that they're not good. contributing to because at the end of the day they, like they're, they're still, like their character is still dancing with with kirby at the end and they still get like i you could know, play with my cat Exactly, and Kitty yeah, would feel a sense could. of accomplishment. It's a very easy game, or at least it is. So that's so what I far. found in the demo. Not in a bad way. I was just like, oh, I'm like walking through here, and it's fine. If you play a single player and you recruit three other 
like you don't have enemies. To do you don't have to do anything. They yeah. do everything for you. Yeah, that's what I was fine. Even yeah. the boss battles. But yeah. mate, I think apparent. I assume it, it stops doing that as you, you probably progress. get penalized as well. Yeah. In terms uh, of no, you don't. No, no. <laughs> Curvy. Um, but I, it looks gorgeous. It's it's really really fun. I'll be uh, I'll be talking more about it as I play more of it. Sure. I've only played the first like you know few levels. I don't um, know which one I'd pick. I you know maybe Flint Hook. I think Flint Hook is like the fucking shit, man. It's, yeah. It's like. One thing that the Switch doesn't have much of is uh, games that you can put in a little bit of work to and, and up your XP and like level up mm. a little bit. Like I love the like RPG element of like mm. leveling up your character. It's why I'm like so addicted to Kingdom Hearts at the moment. Um, just because like, you know, you, you'd be like, oh, I could go and further the story or I could just go back to the worlds that I've already been to and just kill all the really powerful bad mm. guys. And when I do go to the story, it'll be so much easier for me because I'll be leveled up. Um, and I like just grind. Like sometimes grinding through enemies is, can be really fun, and I definitely think Flint Hook scratches that itch. Yeah, um, I think I'll check that one out. All right, Shovel Knight's still there though. That's in my. But the, it's not going are, anywhere. Look, 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 this is a pretty rare specimen of this new segment because they're all pretty good. They're all well, they're all excellent. Yeah, uh, maybe like like when Kirby uh, when Kirby is the weakest link of the three of the three Things games. Are good. Yeah. Um, Nino Kuni 2 comes out this week yeah, I never finished the first one Yeah Well this one's no longer turn based And it's like Kingdom oh. Hearts style What the fuck really? Mm. Oh shit Okay I'm gonna watch yeah. trailers on it on the Yeah yeah line. However Studio Ghibli aren't involved But Joe Hisashi still does the score And one of the lead animators still Just because of I think Studio Ghibli's uh, financial yeah, yeah. situation What a bummer But I've been hearing great stuff Okay uh, A lot of reviews of Broken Embargo Or Embargo's release So You know what man I want that on the Switch it won't happen. It I know. looks too. It looks too good. It's yeah. too good at looking, process and voice acting, etc. So much shit. Yeah, I don't get a lot of people that are like me that want things on the Switch, but there are also people that don't like playing in handheld mode. It's like mm. you just just what what's the difference? You just like the Pro Controller. I don't know. Pro Controller is like the best controller for a like best first party controller. I love I think, the PS4 the controller. I prefer the Pro. I think it's got a nicer weight and the stick. I prefer. Control stick. Love that stick. Love that stick. Um, Angus, while I've got you, I want to. I want to have you be, yeah. the, be the main focus of this next little, quick little segment um, called. It's extremely encouraging. Thank Angus you. reacts as quickly as he can to me bringing up everything that was announced in the Nintendo oh, yeah, Direct sure. that came out uh, week, two weeks ago now. Great. Um, and we'll do it again next week. Maybe you can ask me. The indie king. Yeah, you know what? I'll do that. You are okay. the king of indie. Um, so you are enemy editor. There was a surprise Nintendo Direct um, uh, two weeks back. Mm. And um, of course, the big thing announced out of it was uh, Super Smash Brothers yes. coming to Switch. Whether it's a new game or a port, we're not sure. I'd be happy either way. Though a lot of it's leaning towards new game. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but part just... of me is, is like a little bit worried about that because it mean I I never bought like the Bayonetta DLC and like Cloud and here's stuff the thing like that. they all come I think like every you know, Smash I don't know, game. Snake didn't make it from Brawl to to the <sighs> true. to Wii U and 3DS. That's very true. I just worry. I don't know. I, I, part of me wants the port and then immediately a new a new game. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that won't happen. I, I think it's a new game. Okay. Um, so let's go through all of the um, all the announcements. We had some 3DS things at the start. Yeah, uh, Luigi's Mansion, the original game, is on 3DS now. Um, it's fine. It is what it is. Should Again, be- like they should be on Switch, but it's fine. I get what they're doing. There's millions of Switch uh, 3DS consoles. There is a Best of WarioWare go- um, coming to 3DS. Yeah, it's where it belongs. Yeah, right. 
That's fine. Give us a new Warrior Wear game. That uses Switch the Switch, instead. not yeah. a best of that's using like DS or Game Boy Advance and stuff. Yeah, totally. Um, Captain Toad, the uh, treasure tracker game from, yeah. from Wii U, is making the leap to both Switch and 3DS with levels based in New Donk, New Donk City. City. Yeah, uh, it's fine. Like, yeah. I, it's fine. Did you buy the original on no. Wii U? I did. I loved it. I totally just buy it again. Yeah. But I'm a sucker. You are a sucker. But um, I would check it out, I'm sure. It just was... Those levels were never my favorite part of 3D Mario World. Oh, really? That, that, they were mine. So, when, yeah. so they weren't mine. So a whole game devoted to like it. I was like, oh, that's a lot. But then I think it was like at a great price point. It was like, yeah, well, it was it's like, going to be $40. It was like $40 Australian. So yeah. hopefully they follow. If it's that again, you. I'll pick it up for sure. Um, Dylan's Dead Heat Breakers is the latest game in the Dylan's Rolling Western series coming oh, to yeah, 3DS. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's a weird Nintendo title, isn't it? I bought it? the first one. It's like a tower defense game where you're an armadillo who can you know roll what? around. I don't give a shit about tower defense games. Me neither. Yeah. I don't give a shit about that either. Okay, cool. Now we move over to the Switch. Uh, Sushi, Sushi Striker, The Way of Sushido, uh, was announced for 3DS after E3 last year, and it's actually coming to Switch now too. Yeah. It's a puzzle game where you move sushi around. Yeah, I have no interest in that. I can't that. fucking wait for that game, Angus. Serious? <laughs> yeah, it looks really good. Really? To me. Yeah. Just like a. It's like. Poyo Poyo? Pure Pure? Uh, like, it, if you look at the, the, the reveal trailer from last year, it yeah. looks really, really fun. You're like. you. It is like a, 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 a match three style puzzle, sure. but it's like sushi on a sushi train. Looks like a lot of fun. Look, I, I'm looking through the. Uh, I'm, 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 uh, I'm looking through the. The dress, and I'm seeing what's underneath, and it's a it's a classic three match game. I'm not a big puzzle game fan. Oh, I really, I'm a big big puzzle game fan, especially ones that are tied to a extremely batshit insane Japanese. Story. Yeah, this is true. No, I'm not a big puzzle uh, game fan. Um, the Square Enix game Project Octopath Traveler is now. Now I'm excited about that. Now known as Octopath Traveler, which is great because yep. it, we were never going to call it anything about that. It was always going to have that title. Um, it's coming out in July. Yeah, um, and ex- there's a crazy special edition as well. Extremely the excited diorama, eight um, bit diorama. It's my shit. most anticipated game of the year, I think. Um, I don't know if it's that for me, but I'm extremely looking forward to it. I think that just looks awesome, and it's a Switch only Switch game, exclusive right? yeah. RPG from the fucking kings of, of the Japanese 80s RPGs. Masters, yeah, the Van Halen and it, with, and a, with a really cool, unique style yeah. that looks like my favorite my favorite era. The 80s. It, it takes me back to a certain decade. That I love And I've hidden three easter eggs Inside Octopath Traveler um, Indie Smash game Undertale is coming to the Switch Yeah I'm, I'm interested in that Yeah I've never played it, it the, the the crazy simple Simple 8-bit yeah. style That has always been enticing And the weird I've story I've heard great shit Yeah I'm definitely gonna I'm very excited by those two Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy I don't give a shit to You told me that it was Woeful controls I'll lend you the PS4 version I, 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 It's just not a game for me Yeah I didn't grow up with Crash I didn't have a PlayStation 1 so I don't get the crash thing because by the time PS2 was out, he was on. They'd sold him to Universal, Naughty Dog, and he was just a character that appeared in, you know, other games. Who yeah. owns him now? Is it Activision? Activision. Yeah. Look, I think that was. A, it, it's an incredibly well-made collection, mm. but I just yeah, those games have dated in a way that Nintendo games don't date. Yeah, um, Nintendo just, do, but Nintendo don't date. Nintendo date. Um, there is a Dark Souls Amiibo coming. Yeah, I don't care about that. I, I don't either, but I'm probably still going to buy it because I'm a sucker. Um, we saw a bit more of the Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes I'm uh, curious about that. Collection. Is it yeah. mini game or is it a f- normal game? Because I'm hearing conflicting things. It's like, it's a it's a mini game collection. Right. Um, I, I, I love Suda51. He's... Uh, that shit. He's totally wild. He's 
Japanese as fuck. Yeah. Killer Seven is a great game. Mm. Um, and I've played one of the No More Heroes games. I even played some weird like Flower Sun Moon game that he did for DS years ago, which oh, was wow. really weird. Yeah, right. Um, I think he's awesome. Um, and I'm going to give that a shot for sure. Yeah. I, it's getting like torn apart by some of our good friends who host uh, other video game podcasts. See, I didn't know it was all mini game. I'm sure. I think there's a single player, right? Yeah, no. but it's like you you play as Travis going to different worlds, and every world is a new mini. So it's Record Ralph. You know, it's it's Ready Player One. It's Ready Player One. We should have said that, idiot. Then I'm into it. <laughs> Look, um, if it was a straight up like third No More Heroes, I would have been a lot more excited. The moment I hear mini game, I sometimes fear. I think of restrictions. I think of. So yeah, uh, negative connotations come along and my, my excitement dwindles. Like I'm never going, fuck yeah, Mario Party 11 or Mario well, Odyssey. But if, put it, say, WarioWare, I am though. And if, if this is Suda51's yeah. take on a WarioWare-esque kind of game featuring sure. his hero, I'm, I'm really interested. Yeah. I'm on the fence at this point. But I'm on I, the fence. I, I definitely don't think I'm it on the fence. shit. Like I'm not going to lose sleep if it turns out it's shit. I won't be like burning my Travis touchdown tattoo. Uh, Little Nightmares is coming to Oh, that Switch. looks weird. Like, I had no idea about that game. So, that's one of, our, one of our good friend uh, John Valenzuela's favorite games of last year. Yeah, he said that. Um, and uh, it is similar to Inside, which we sure. loved, and Limbo, yeah. um, which are two games that I'm I think are going to be coming to Switch. I'm curious about it. I the art design was really interesting. Yeah. yeah what about like... when you scan uh, the Pac-Man amiibo? Uh, you okay. can look like Pac-Man. Yeah. I mean, I don't it's, care about that. It's like that. a horror, it's a, it's a, you know, a slowly moving horror puzzle game. Yeah. I'm kind of fun. curious about that. Um, I bought it on PS4. I haven't played any of it yet. Sure. And now I definitely won't because I'll just buy it again on Switch. This guy, uh, this guy loves, loves, got two loves thumbs and loves game. buying games more than once. Uh, yeah, what did I say about buying games again earlier? Ugh. You just keep um, buying them. Uh, another um, game that uh, Okami HD. Yeah, I never um, played it. So I'll play that. I've, Bought it on that you bought Wii. it on Wii Wii U. Uh, no, I didn't buy it on PS4. Wii U. Never came to Wii U. Uh, PS3. Yeah. I bought the uh, the re-release of it, yeah. and I've played as much. I got about two hours into both versions. Disgusting. I'm going to buy it again for Switch, baby. Just disgusting. I've always wanted to actually finish it, and I just think now I'm in a place like with the Switch, I can finish games for the first time. Like, it's I, true. I, like I just ha- I, I I find time to play with my Switch. Yeah. Because I you know I take it on the train. I I. I just to have it on me at all times that I can actually finish games now. I should, yeah, I got to get into that habit. I don't need to like stay up till 4am when people aren't wanting to use the television so I can finish mm. games anymore. I still do though. Um, South Park, the fractured butt hole um, is coming to, uh, did you like how I said that? So it didn't sound like It's very hole. funny. I finally got the joke. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's coming to Switch. The yeah. And game, you but- know what? It's funny. Like you and I have spoken several times on here about my, uh, Tragedy, which was my PS4 experience where I came into a game-breaking bug, which was confirmed by Ubisoft to be, a, in fact, a game-breaking bug. Yikes. And I couldn't continue. And like I said, I, I was too close to it to pick it up after the patch was released. Yeah, because you were like six six hours in or something. Like I was like 10 hours in, I think. Fuck, yeah. 10 or 13 hours in. And you definitely doubled that, that, that hour, <laughs> that length. That what? Oh no! You you were like six hours in, but then you played for like an extra four hours That's right. trying to unbreak the bug. That's, That's exactly right. what happened. I got yeah. like six or eight hours in, and then literally walked around trying to speak to every single character to activate something. Yep, which was so frustrating. Um, it was game breaking, but it's coming to Switch, and I've got had enough distance from the plot, knowing what was going on with factions within the game controls, and I'm actually super looking forward to starting it again. 
Yeah, I think, man, the play none of this would be so good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really concerned excited. about, like, obviously none of mine were game-breaking, but it was a very buggy game. Mm. Lots of audio uh, glitches right. and stuff like that on PS4, and I, yeah. want, I hope the Nintendo can handle the Switch can handle it. Well, maybe they've ironed out a lot of bugs. Yeah, I assume. I assume they would. Yeah, so I am very excited by that. I think it comes out in April, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we have um, an Oct- the Octo expansion. We have a new single-player campaign coming to Splatoon 2. Oh, yeah. I think I, I'll play I, single player uh, expansion for sure. I didn't finish the fir- the first single player mode, but mm. I, I I've wanted to, and I I, I want to go back and see what all the other new shit that they've added yeah, for free. It. I think I'm going to do it. Yeah, um, I think that's that's really cool that they've kept Splatoon going. Yeah, for me so too. Long. Um, and then uh, there's going to be an arms test match. Yeah, thing. that's fine. Whatever, keep it going. Good that's on cool. Um, we saw heaps more about the Mario Tennis Aces. Yeah, it looks fine. There's like add, fine. they added a whole bunch of gimmicks which you don't have to play with if you don't want to that's right like basically they made Wii Sport mode yeah yeah which is like you know one of the most successful Nintendo video games ever yeah but on top of that they've also made a, like a whole bunch of other weird gameplay choices where you can like you can break your opponent's oh, yeah. racket and you can like that's do right. some weird like zoom in shots which are that's look, right I, I'm I don't I, I went from not wanting to get this game to this trailer being like oh yeah I'll get it what the hell yeah, yeah. I bought worse games twice yeah, I'll, you know what? I'm I'm on the fence about it. To be honest, like people are like, there's a story mode. It's like, yeah, it's about tennis. Like, <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's not going to be winning any Pulitzers. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to talk about which this. is your favorite Pulitzer award winning game? Um, Ready Player One by Ernest Klein. <laughs> Finally, we got um an amazing reveal for Smash Brothers coming to Switch. Yeah, which... it was a fake out. We thought it was a new Splatoon or something. I called it immediately. Amoebiotly. Amoebiotly, yeah. Amoebiotly. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah. smash, it's fucking smash, fuck. Yeah. It, it was smash. so well done. It was a great reveal. It'll go down as one of the great video game reveals. I, I then spent the rest of the day watching all of the Smash Brothers reveals um, from throughout history, and they've all been excellent. But the yeah. snake one is probably my favorite. The snake's the best because it ended, and then you got the um, codec going. Snake. Argon, is that you? Oh, so fucking great I miss uh, Metal Gear Solid I just want to say Yeah yeah. Um, you've been playing uh, Metal Gear Survive there right? I've been playing it every day Since uh, can I, since Kojima got fired in a way I'm uh, surviving um, So here. next week when we come back We'll be uh, re- reacting to the Nindies uh, Showcase just being announced today The Nindies um, But I, uh, I'm really really Fingers crossed for more info on the, when the King of Hearts expansion for DLC for, Could uh, be out for right Shovel Knight uh, comes out Also looking forward to dates for Hollow Knight um, and uh, um, there's a game called Donut County that um, I, that was made. It's been published by Anna Perna, who did uh, Florence. Oh yeah, and, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that other one I liked, um, but Get Garbin. That, that, Garbin. I, I really hope that's coming to Switch too. Uh, there's a few other things that I hope will happen, but I fucking love games, Angus. This guy loves. I love the '80s, and this guy loves games. Yep, that's how you can tell us apart. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we've already done all the things that you can follow us on. Yeah, we're not saying it again. Except the Patreon one. Patreon.com/slash HeyFam. Go listen to a very cool radio show called HeyFM. Yeah, it's fucking cool. We're gonna do another one at the end of the month. We're doing the best '80s things. Are we gonna do an '80s episode? Just '80s things, not even Just music. Just Van Halen. Jump. Just like um, wingboards. You know the skateboards that have like wings on the side. Hell yeah, man. Those. Oh. Just the Stranger Things show. Oh, my favorite '80s show. The best '80s show, Michael J. Fox, the the the, the visage, the man, the Teen mm-hmm. Wolf. Yep. Um, um, the post. The 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 Star Wars, and I don't mean the films, but the uh, Ronald Reagan Star Wars. <laughs> I think that's a good '80s memory we've all got. 
When McDonald's changed from uh, beef fat to vegetable fat. Um, the Vietnam War. The best 80s war. Yeah, definitely the best. Just like 80s rock, I think. <laughs> Just 80s rock classics. World War Two. World War Two, the Great War, the Boer War. So much. When uh, like uh, we we always forget Australia was founded in the eighties. That's right, seventeen eighty. But it was the eighties. That's true. That's good. In a way, everyone that lives in this country invaded. In 80s, rather, I should say. In, yeah, it's true. Australia was invaded in the eighties. Well, actually, and then uh, yeah, I mean, Australia's original people uh, first started living here. It was eighty. 80, 100 million years ago. 80, 100 million years ago. Yeah. It's the original it 80s. still the 80s. The it's the original 80s. 80s. And I'll tell you what, they were jumping. They were jumping. Jump! <laughs> dun, dun, dun. It's, it's, a time, it's a timeless song. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thanks for Fam Halen out with us. Oh, Fam Halen. Fam should, Halen. We, should we call this episode Fam yeah, Halen? Yeah, we should. Fuck yeah, we should. Yeah, we should. I mean, I love you more than I love the 80s. I love the 80s. Like, I love all of my children the same. <laughs> Every year of the 80s. Which year am I? Uh, you're firstborn who has a special spot, so you're 1980. Thank you so or much. Or is 1980 the last year of the 70s? No, it's not. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that at all. podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional. You have to do it. <laughs> we used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.